This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aiza and thank you for tuning in on RFM for my podcast and radio show, The Arenality. So The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging and well-being in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Natalie Faustina, a Chinese-Indonesian from Medan, Indonesia, who also happens to be my ICOM secretary last year, and we are friends because we both love K-pop, and I'm really glad to have her here today. Kia ora. Hi. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for being here today. How's your day so far? Uh, my day hasn't been too bad because I haven't had much plan except for going to the careers I expose. Um, in the town hall. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, and that's good for you because you are job hunting, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I am a fresh graduate, still in search for a job. So it's been quite a journey. Mm. But I guess, like for me, at least I have like something else to do because I'm also tutoring, and that's why I decided to, you know, like not do anything much today because I've been like tutoring nonstop mm. since. Like last week Because it's exam season mm. Tell me about the tutoring job That you're doing right now Um, So I'm doing a private tutoring In the university But outside of the university If you get what I mean So I'm teaching university students But I'm doing it with A company called Ace Tutor mm. um, And essentially I just teach the papers That I kind of aced in Wow That's like apparently because that's why it's called Ace Tutor. Ah, yeah. and what papers are those? Um, I'm currently teaching Stat 110, Psych 210, Psych 111, and Psych 3-1-1. Yep. And for those people who don't know those codes, it's statistics and psychology papers, right? Yeah, and some of it is statistics and psychology, if you get what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. you did majoring psychology and you also minored in neuroscience, right? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? That mm. was long, a long, long journey, but I feel like it was worth it. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, I have always loved science as a kid. But as I went into high school, I found an interest in knowing more about people, like how they think, if mm. you get what I mean. And... When I was young, I was so obsessed with like those personality tests. Oh and my all god! Those things. Yeah, <laughs> like um, I would like do those sixteen personality <gasps> testing. Yes. What's yours? <laughs> I think mine was INFP. Oh my god! I am INFJ. Oh, oh that's my why god. we're friends. <laughs> yeah, because we're just like one alphabet different. Yeah, I'm judging in your perception. I think that's the. Yeah. Yeah, the difference. You're judging me. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's true. I, I do. Um, I'm more prone to judging than <laughs> perception. But yeah, 16 personality, I think it's a Maya Briggs um, yes, yeah. test. It was a re- revelation for me, especially in high school, mm. as I was searching myself, not knowing yeah. why I was different. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, and um, I also read a book that my parents had. It's called like I think it was 
kind of where 16 personalities was based on it was ah. about like how there's four types of people there's like the sanguine which is like the social excited people mm. the choleric which is the um kind of serious leader angry type of person <laughs> and then there's the phlegmatic which is like the peaceful like zen type of person oh, that might be me and <laughs> yeah. yeah and the last one's just the melancholic the kind of sad depressed person okay that's very interesting yeah I, I think there is something fun about learning about personality types mm-hmm. not just for yourself but to understand people in general oh yeah definitely yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why like I took psychology as well just to understand differences yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, my neuroscience part was because again like I was interested in the science of it and I didn't even know it was a thing until I came to New Zealand and I did my foundation and I was talking to a senior like who was already doing neuroscience and he told me about like how he switched from psychology to neuroscience because neuroscience was more like scientific like yeah. based it's study based on scientific um, literature so I was like oh okay I I remember liking science, so why not do mm. it as a minor, you know? Mm, that's great. Because psych- psychology has a lot of, like, theories, you know? For someone who might not uh, like that, I think it will be hard for you to study. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, good for you. And um, good luck in job hunting. What are the pathways you hope to look for? Uh, the pathways? Yeah. Like, it's... For now, I am looking in to get into healthcare, like especially in mental health care, because um, I feel like even though my future long term aim is to improve the education back in my home country, I wanna also look into how I can improve mental well being back in Indonesia. You know, there's like a strong stigma against like mental health in general, and I feel like if I were to be able to get experience about how I can, you know, help, like learn about how to improve people's mental well-being, mm-hmm. I could, you know, bring those skills and bring it back home. Mm-hmm. So I'm not only looking at educating, but also like educating in mental mm-hmm. well-being. Yeah. yeah, and I think you have the perfect degree for that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very expensive degree. I hope so as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. Back back to like that goal. I think it's very important as well because you think about the future and also mm. the people back home, which mm. um unfortunately aren't as privileged mm. as we hope them oh, to be. Definitely. Can you tell me more about the situation there of the children back home? Um. Yeah. I think it's just that when, I guess like back in Indonesia, there's not too many, um, I guess, government um, services that... Support? Yeah, support, I Mm. guess, that pay attention to all these kinds of things. Mm. So I have heard of like free education back in Indonesia and all that, but um, sometimes it doesn't appeal to the students there. And I feel like it's not because they're not interested it might just be that it's the system wasn't fit to you know like interest the students in the first place mm. you know what i mean so like there's 
things that need to be changed because I remember as a student back in Indonesia, like I was drilled on road memorization and everything. Mm. And it made me so not interested in a lot of things like in learning history. But when I came here and I learned about history, I was like, oh, actually, it's quite interesting once you get to learn it in a different way, not through memorizing, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things that I want to do back home, like kind of change the way like education is um, executed. Mm. And also how education is approached. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 And also one of the reasons why I am passionate about like teaching the children in rural, rural areas is because I guess like when when you think about it, it feels so a bit unfair that I have this privilege of getting all this education and knowledge and living a good life, but those people, those children, they could have had that chance as well, but because they didn't have the the means of it, like they didn't have the education to move forward to it, they were sealed from that path that they could have taken as well. Mm. Yeah, and for me, that realization, I think, came from when I was talking to my nanny because you know like back home we have like caretakers like nannies mm-hmm. and she would like tell me stories about like the people in the kampung in the village mm-hmm. talk about how like how the children there they they you know they keep like they don't focus on their studies because like they don't like enjoy going to school or something like that and she talked about how she just compared the difference of how city children and kampung children live mm-hmm. if you get what I mean mm-hmm. like how I guess for in her perspective, she saw that city children tended to do a lot of studying, you know, because we had like tuition after tuition after tuition. Mm-hmm. Whereas like kampung children, they like, you know, they play and all that. And she felt like it might have contributed to like the difference in how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't their fault. I think the, yeah. the environment really effects oh yeah definitely the priorities of oneself yeah it's yeah. definitely not their fault especially if they don't have the means to achieve like the yeah. thing in yeah. the first place and that's why we need to come and help them because people who don't realize this situation they're in won't know that they need help from someone else mm. you know what I mean and I think some of them don't even know that they can yeah. achieve more you know yeah definitely uh, yeah yeah so it's like also helping people reach their potentials if you get what I mean mm. so yeah just a lot of like things that came through my mind as I was growing up and I just decided you know what maybe I should try doing like educate like educating people in rural areas mm. you know that's like the long term goal mm. but for now it's just like building up my skill set and all that yeah and I think you are on the way I hope yeah. so yeah <laughs> uh, I'm sure you will hear from people looking for people like you I think when people hear stories of why people do what they do it's more likely that they know you better if you know what I mean are you low-key promoting <laughs> I am low-key promoting you. Yeah. So if you're looking for someone like Natalie, please be in touch. Um, thanks. <laughs> so we've talked a bit about Indonesia. Let's specifically talk about 
Medan Indonesia because I love Medan Indonesia. You just want to talk about the Ayam Penyet, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love the Ayam Penyet. I think we went to Medan once from Malaysia just to eat the Ayam Penyet for one day and then we go back to Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Because flights from Malaysia, Indonesia can be cheap. Yeah, there there are those seasons. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like just paying. It's almost as if you're paying for a taxi. Yes, air taxi. Air taxi, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. enough about food. Let's talk about Medan Indonesia in general. Oh, okay. Well, the thing is, Medan is all about food. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's continue talking about food then. Yeah. Because. Um, I think it was I don't know how many years ago that that Medan was like named as the culinary capital of Indonesia. Ah. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised as well. But I guess it's how diverse the food there is because we've got. Um, I guess we've got lots of Chinese Indonesians there, so Chinese Indonesian food like kuetiao and. Etc. And we also have like Medanese food like Soto Medan and the Ayam Penyet. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like Javanese cuisine. Mm. And also sometimes like um, Padang, Padangese cuisine. Yeah. yeah, so like Sate Padang, my favorite food. Oh my god. <laughs> and, um, and also like food from other like regions like Balinese cuisine and yeah. all that. Because everyone comes there to open Restaurants and the people in Medan, they're very excited when like new restaurants open. Like, oh my god, when the restaurants open, you'll see like long lines. You can't even get in there. Oh my god, I miss Medan so much. Yeah, I think the diversity of food is what's important. You know, having so many options and trying new things. I think that's very special in yeah. Medan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I guess outside of food, <laughs> if you want to know more about it, it's. Actually, like, for me, because I've been living there quite often, I feel like it's not too special. But I guess what makes it special is because it's close to, like, it's a stop where you can go to, like, the nature place in Sumatra. Because mm. you can go to Lake Toba, which is the largest lake in Indonesia yes. from Medan. That's, like, a four-hour drive. And when I was younger, we used to go there quite often. Yeah, I did go there. Yeah. Oh, you went there? Yeah. We lived in a chalet near, near the lake. Oh, like what? What's the name of the place that you went? I honestly don't remember, but mm-hmm. it has the view of like Toba. Cause yeah. we might have met like. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were there at the same time or the same day, right? Yeah, I mean, I went there quite often, so yeah, it could be. Wow, yeah. I'll, I'll check my photos and see if you're in the background. <laughs> um, and like also like towards the like think the northern part of like Sumatra, you can go to a place called. Bukit Lawang, mm. and that's where you see a lot of orangutan. Ah, yeah, and um, a lot of like people from outside of Indonesia also come there and to see the orangutans, and they're very cute, but sometimes spicy. So just <laughs> you know, don't put your hand <laughs> for them. Yeah, just be careful. Basically, <laughs> don't feed them. Do not feed them. But do they eat fruits? Right, they eat fruits. Yeah, and, but they also can eat fingers. So oh, okay, that's what I mean by don't feed them. <laughs> Do you have any experience feeding um, fingers to them? <laughs> thankfully not. Okay, you still have ten fingers. Yeah, yeah. they all look happy and healthy. My yeah. fingers. Uh, wow, I I miss Indonesia. Indonesia is probably the second country I miss after Malaysia. Not like COVID, 
because of mm-hmm. COVID, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, you should come there and I'll give you a tour. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the good things about being an international student at Otago, despite the very expensive fees, is that <laughs> we make a lot of international friends. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, now, if I want to go to one country, there's probably around two or three people I know from that country who can be tour guides for me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 really saving money as well because you don't have to <laughs> hire a tour guide, right? Yeah, yeah, and you can also have like the personal connection with like your friends, you know, like know the places that your friends like to go in that place. Yeah. Because tour guides sometimes they just show you places that they think you want to go? Yeah, true. Yeah. They would bring you to... They, they might probably scam you even. Bring Ooh. you to places. Often. Very yeah. often. Bring you to places where that would cost you more money as a tour tourist, you know? Speaking from personal experience. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. So yeah, getting to know the local people is definitely mm-hmm. so, so important. Oh, thank you, Natalie, for sharing um, about Medan. I really, I really miss Indonesia. So we used to be classmates. Wait, did we even have a paper together? What are you talking about? We do. <laughs> um, did you do legal contacts? Oh, yeah. I think that was the only paper that we did together. I mean, we did 100 level and 200 level. Oh, yeah, sure. But I don't think we really knew each other back then. <laughs> yeah, like... I think for me, you were probably just one of the faces in the sea of faces. Yeah, yeah. Well, psychology is a big class. Oh, it's getting bigger. Yeah. But yeah, psychology and legal context was so interesting. And now we are still classmates. Because we both go to Korean language class. True, technically. Yes. How are you finding it? Because I invited her to join. (laughs) Um, Actually, it was... At first, I was quite surprised by how often the Korean is used. Like, because Kiho just speaks to you in Korean, and I'm just like, mm. whoa. Yeah, and Kiho is the teacher. Yeah, Kiho, mm. the Sonseng Nim, mm-hmm. who's like. But I think I really appreciate how he still tries to speak Korean to you, even if you don't you don't know how to respond to it, because mm. he knows that it's important to have that exposure. Mm. So it forces you to think in Korean. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and um, he, the other day I think he asked me to go into conversational class, but I don't think I'm ready yet, so I'll just stay in intermediate class and sing songs with the rest of my classmates. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you are much more um, pro than I am. I'm still in my beginner's class. Oh, that, uh, that's only because like I like Korean culture since like high school, so... Interesting. Tell me about that. How did you get into Korean culture? My friends. Your friends. Yeah, I think friends are yeah. big influences in like life. <laughs> yes. How and did it start? Oh, like my friends were like so obsessed that they kept budging me to listen to like K-pop songs, but I was like, nah, not interested at first. Until I think one day, one of my friends just downloaded a song <laughs> into my phone. I was like, what the heck is this song? Uh, okay, so I, I played the song and I actually enjoyed it. And that's how I started to like go into K-pop. Because uh, I was like, oh, okay, this song's not too bad. What about their other songs, you know? What song was that, do you remember? It was um, Sunset Glow by Big Bang. Okay. Yeah, because it was quite upbeat and... Mm. That kind of stuff, it had like the 
2010s vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So that that changed your perspective of K-pop songs in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I didn't like really think about like listening K-pop at first, but then because of that, I was like, oh, okay, gave it a try, and then I went deep into the hole and I started <laughs> knowing about more um, bands like um, Super Junior, uh, like the older bands. Mostly, it mm. girls' generation. Yeah, I was into uh, that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite song? Uh, Sunflower. Oh, how come I don't know this? Yeah, one? it's not like a famous song, but it's one of the songs in the album which really vibes with my personality. It's like so, so feminine, you know, um, so relaxing. Yeah, yeah, chill, relaxing. What about now? What kind of songs do you listen to? Um, I think now I have kind of moved on from like just K-pop bands to just solo artists like mm. IU, yes, <laughs> IU and Hazy, Hazy or Hazy. Sometimes I mm. pronounce them wrongly. Or um, I think there was one called Dean. Ah. Uh, yeah. So those soloists who make songs based on how they feel, because they soloists tend to be songwriters. Yeah. So it feels more, I guess, authentic. Yeah, rather than groups having, you know, written by other people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about IU because I love her so much. I've been so obsessed with her song Friday and Ooh. also Palette. Palette? Yeah. Palette? I can't wait to turn 25 so that I can play that song. <laughs> Just, uh, because uh, the lyrics say, um, I like it, I'm 25. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like a birthday song, basically. I can't wait yeah. to turn twenty-five. I have three more years. Yeah, she makes a lot of songs with aging. Yes, she um she's very in tune with how she matures. Yes, I realized that. I, I think she's turning thirty this year, or has she become thirty? It's so interesting to hear songs from back when she was, you know. 23, 25, yeah. and now she's like 30, and it's so interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and um, I think I like how she's always so authentic about like who she is. Yes. Because um, I think in the palette, she starts to kind of accept her own like characteristics as who she is. Yeah. Because I think in the song, it says something like, um, what if I like purple then? Like hot pink Because yeah. other girls like hot pink And all that kind of stuff Yeah And she likes like bob hair Instead of long hair I think um, she In that song She's claiming The person she is I think that's Really empowering Yeah And that's like a I guess a Different Like I guess it came a long way From Her other song Which was I think 23 mm. That's why she was Still confused About who she is Because in mm. that song she, She'll be like Which one am I Guess who I am <laughs> So she'll say that She'll say like Two types of person And she'll say like Which one am I That kind of stuff Oh yeah. So it's really interesting To see how much They grow From like, 23 And then like Two years after um, A new song Palette uh, Which When she was 25 She talks about Um being 25 and I think there was um, this song Palette has rap from G-Dragon and in the rap um, it's about like you're 25 is an age where you're not 20 and you're not 30 you're just 25 yeah you know just right just right you know you're not an adult you're not 
twenty. Mm-hmm. You're twenty five. I think that's yeah. really interesting. How how you just put it that way and you just understand what it means. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, if you want me to bring like psychological stuff, actually, twenty mm-hmm. five is the peak performance of our brain. That's <gasps> Wow And after that We kind of slowly decline But I mean it's a bit sad But that's just Like you know How life is so <laughs> 25 is like I think the peak Because that's when you're I don't know Prefrontal cortex is developed Blah 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 Ah yeah. So I still have Three more years Yeah so you better learn All the things you want to now Yeah which is why I'm doing Korean classes now Okay Okay I have three more years To study before I'm 25 <laughs> Thank you for sharing that fact yeah. Especially coming from someone who graduated in psychology and neuroscience, that's very important for us to hear. I feel like you would have known it too. No, I, either I don't know because I didn't take that paper, or I didn't focus in class. Two one one, two one one, two one one. Oh, I should have known. Basically, <laughs> whoops, exposing you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just wanted to graduate. It wasn't really. <laughs> um, but yay! Thank you for sharing that. So we want to wrap up this interview. Okay. Um, thank you, Natalie, for being here. Do you have any last words to share? Thanks for having me. It was quite fun to talk to you. You know, like sharing information, and yeah. So, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? Yep, I think they can just talk to you because I've um, I. Haven't really got like a fancy web page with like all my <laughs> contact yeah. details. Yeah, that's great. So if you would like to get in touch with Natalie, you can contact me, and I will be gladly connect you with her. Thank you, Natalie. Thanks so much, Arena. That is the end of our episode of the RNLT today. I hope you learn a lot about Natalie, about how she is passionate about. Community development and how we enjoy Korean culture together. So, if anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail dot com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.